Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCready, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. This is Nancy McCready. Welcome to Tent Talk. Today's episode is drawn from my Move on Mondays on my Facebook public page that I do every Monday. This one is from April the 27th and is a very now word for how God is done with the house of Saul and he is building the house of David. Take a listen, be encouraged, let's move with him, and I hope this provokes you deeper into your personal place with him. Hey everybody, it's good to be together. This is Move On Mondays. A controlled collapse is a sign that God is about to build what he's had in his heart to build. So I'm glad that you're with me. So check this out now. Immediately start sharing this so that other people can hop on with you. So I really appreciate you doing that. A controlled collapse is a very definite sign that God is about to build what he has always had in his heart to do. So good morning, good morning. So be sure that you are hitting those emojis, giving me feedback, doing all of that. I would love it. So great to see you all. So if there are things crumbling around you, if there are things that in the midst of the shaking that those things are falling, then just remember they needed to fall. The problem is, is when we can't let those things go because the point of letting them go is so that you can move on with God. Welcome to Move On Mondays. It is so that you can move forward in real time. This is so, this is so important right now. That you can move forward in real time with God. My friends, the day of us taking a lot of notes, listening to a lot of things and saying, wasn't that nice? putting it on the shelf and never doing another thing with it, those things are over. This is real-time preparation. What are you allowing God to require of you? What are you allowing him to really show you, um, uh, provoke you in it, bring you to real-time obedience? So this is the time because, my friends, things are coming. Things are coming, rapid fire. He's getting you ready in these days. Hey, Pastor Chad. Hey, Lucas in Poland, Chad in Iowa, many of you here in Texas, and uh, so great to see you. Do you understand real time, real time engagement right now? And this is very, very important. And if we're not careful, old structures that we're used to being able to walk in. Hey, Adrian, hope you're doing well. Hey, Mingo. Hey, you guys. Hey, Carol there and Katie. I love it. Mingo is like four doors down from me. I just love it. Okay, so good to know we're together. All right. I appreciate you being neighborly, Mingo. Okay, so so here's what I'm saying to you. Real time obedience. When God is allowing things to crumble, but now listen to me. That is a part of his building process. 
You demolish things. You demolish strongholds. Why? So the Lord can be your stronghold. It's not about just tearing things up. You know, it's not about just breaking things down and then leaving a vacuum. Oh, the enemy would love that if we would be a part of the tearing down process and then just let a vacuum be created where he can come in and just, you know, he can build stuff even stronger than what he had before. But God is in the building of his church. Listen to me carefully. God is in the building right now, real time, of what it is that he has provided for himself. So I want to say to you carefully, but uh, very strongly, the house of Saul is done, and the house of David is on the rise. This is very key. We must be able to know the seasons that we're in and not just prophesy that they are to come, but we must recognize when those things are happening, it's happening right now. My friends, the house of Saul has to fall in every one of us. The house of Saul is a house of flesh, a house of pride, a house of being an approval junkie, a house of caring more about how things look, the externals of things rather than what is really going on, it is the house of guarding and protecting the good when God is attempting to bring his flaming presence, his life, and what he provides for himself. Not man-made structures, not the synthetic. My friends, if ever there was a season that the organic, that which is derived of God himself, is about to break open... Now, first, so that you don't go getting critical and bitter and resentful, remember what he's had to do in you. If he hasn't had to do it in you, then this word is for you personally. God is bringing down, my friends, the house of good because the house of life is about to rise. Now, I mean this in real time. There are going to be some that just can not put the the sword they cannot put the sword to the good they just can't do it okay this is part of the house of Saul last week I would say it was probably Wednesday Thursday because I know I spoke it to my messenger group hey everybody please be sharing this it's always good to get in on real time but then tag other people and share it once the once the broadcast is over and I and I repost it all right, but the house of good, the house of Saul, all right, the house of looking awesome, but being hollow, hollow on the inside. Now, listen, God loves you, okay? God loves everybody. But God has no affinity for the good of man because it keeps his sons, and I'm speaking to the church right now. I'm not, look, the world, we're going to get to the world, okay? But we've got to wash the weapon of the church. She has got to be deeply washed. Now that's us, okay? Before we go pointing our fingers at governmental structures and, and whatever, we've got to make sure that we are allowing God to deal with us. Why? Because then there'll be greater clarity. We will simply return the favor and we will pass on to others that which God has had to do in us. Now I want you to watch this. So I want you to stay with me, all right? The house of Saul is spoken to. God will always come to you. Come to the church. Come to 
um, old structures and he will speak to them. He will say to them what they're to do. When that does not happen, all right, uh, through a particular person or whatever, I'm telling you, God's going to have what God's going to have. And he wants every one of us to move with him and get in with it, okay? And we got to stay with it. The prophetic also has to be washed very deeply. No more fortune telling. Mm -mm, no more. The prophetic is for the movement. It is so that we can see and hear God like never before so that we can move with him. Always remember everything ultimately has its end game is God himself. The end game, my friends, is him. The end game is what he's after in this time right now so that we can move with him. It's not just so we can go around and criticize. It's not just so we can go around and, you know, just, just run before the collapse. All right? Sure, follow the word that God gives you, but let's get in the big picture. Let's get into the heart of God. Remember, I've been speaking recently on that the question isn't, can I trust God? The question is, can he trust me? Are we who are true sons in Christ, are we becoming trusted sons? Like, can God show you things? Can he show you what's really going on, okay, without you freaking out and being in shock and awe for weeks on end, which could incapacitate you to move with him, all right? Can he show you what's really happening so that you can, can grieve, intercede, declare, speak truth in certain circumstances, do whatever, and move with him? Can that happen? Can God give you executive orders and you not be in fear? All right, so watch that because the house of Saul, all right, let me tell you, good, my friends, always wants to kill life. And we're going to see this in 1 Samuel 15 and 16. So this is very, very important. God says, crucify all that comes from our independence, inherited nature from Adam, all that, the good and the evil. Here's what happens is everybody's ready to put in the sickle on those things that are no longer working for them. But those things which are still a gain to us that we are just so overly impressed with that we just think are so unbelievably awesome, we're like, surely God does not much. <laughs> surely God does not mean to, to put that down. I mean, it's just so awesome. Or I'm so invested in it. I've invested so much in this structure. Surely we can you know, come to some kind of compromise. But my friends, when God says kill it, let me tell you what God means, kill it. He means put the sword in on the good and the evil. But Saul, King Saul, was not willing to do it. And then he proceeded to blame everybody around him, okay? Because it's not gonna be him, okay? It was very progressive. You can read this later in 1 Samuel 15 and 16. So it says that Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep. My friends, the hardest thing to put the sickle in, to stab the sword in, to finally say, I'm done with it all. Why? Because I'm going with God. I want life with him. I want God himself. Now that comes out of the true nature of who you really are, okay? is you were made for him. And when this powerful, powerful whisper comes from the Lord to you and you begin to hear him say, son, I've come for you. I made you for me. 
and you begin to awaken to that. Hello, everybody. Great to see you. All right. But see, it says Saul and the people spared the best of the sheep, the oxen, the lambs, and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. Now, all that was undesirable or worthless, they, they destroyed that. They had no problem doing that. All right. And God, God says, now I regret that Saul has been king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commands. Samuel, now here's the prophetic, the prophet coming in. Samuel was grieved and angry, and he cried to the Lord all night. If there are those of you out there crying out to the Lord, all right, now stay with this because everybody's got their part in this, okay? Nobody's high and mighty, okay? You understand? There's nobody that's going to be operating in an attitude of superiority if the Lord is really having his way, all right? I didn't say you wouldn't be clear and not put in the, put in the hammer and not put in uh, the sword, Okay, but you're going to do it for the redemptive purposes of God that God is about to build his house. God is going to the house of David. You're about to see the transition. We are in real-time transition. Things are actually falling. Things are crumbling. All right? And be careful. Be careful that you don't completely collapse or faint in your mind or give up or freak out, or tell 27 people, but you never pray before the Lord, all right? Now, Saul said, well, they, okay, Samuel asks him, did you, did you do what God said? Oh, sure. Now, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you people during these times, I'm telling you flesh and self and sin, all right, have the ability literally that you will tell your own narrative. Literally, while the sheep are bleeding, Bye. <laughs> okay, do you understand me? I'm willing to look a little undignified to get this point across. Literally, while the evidence is standing right there, what does Saul say? He says, uh, yes, I have performed what the Lord ordered. And Samuel said, verse 14, then what is that sound of sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? Verse 15, Saul said, this is, this is the Saul in all of us, the flesh. This is how it does. They have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. Uh, but the rest we have utterly destroyed. See, it's them when it's disobedience. It's we when there's obedience. Okay, do you see this? Or I think my picture is right here in the Bible, right here. All right, so Samuel said, when you were small in your own sight, were you not made the head of the tribes of Israel? Okay, he says, why then, in verse 15, why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? All right, why? okay, so you see, there's this conversation that's going on between the prophetic, all right, that's speaking, it's like, what is going on? Why are we not doing this? Listen to me, my friends. The flesh, the self, Okay. Too proud of the good cannot put it down, cannot destroy it. Only the new man, only the real you can put down the good. Self will never do this. Okay. Now listen carefully. Verse 21, here Saul continues 
to blame. He says, but the people took from the sheep and oxen, right? So this is where many famous scriptures come from, the context of this, such as, you know, it is better to obey than to sacrifice. That rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is the same as idolatry, all right? So do you understand that there's, there's a deep exchange? There is a deep shift happening. And Samuel is speaking to it, okay? Verse 24. Now we start to really see what's underneath a lot of this that's going on in Saul. Saul said to Samuel in verse 24, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. And so now, for about the next few verses, Samuel, Samuel, and Saul continue to have the conversation, and Saul appears to be confessing and repenting. It appears that way, but it's not, okay? Because guess what? Everything that Saul came back with, the prophetic voice of God, the one that the voice of God, okay, does not shift, my friends. It does not go, oh, is that is that what it is? Oh, okay. No, guess what God does? He keeps speaking, keeps speaking, keeps speaking. And so what happens is, is our flesh keeps trying to adjust and comes up with different strategies. Now, it doesn't come up with a new goal. A new goal would be, I'm going with God. Same goal, new strategies, okay, is I got to shift because all of my deflecting, all of my lying, all of my narrative, all of my, you know, you know, whatever isn't working and the word is still coming. The word is still coming. Okay. So now he says, okay, now let's just give them what they want. Let's just say what they need to hear so that they'll get off my back. Okay. He goes, yes, I have sinned. Mm -hmm. I did sin. Yes, I did. Mm. But then in verse 30, he, he shows that he's an approval junkie. And he, Saul said, I have sinned, yet honor me now. I pray you before the elders of my people and before Israel. So what he says is, okay, okay, okay. Okay, so you're right. I, I did wrong. I did. Okay, but let's don't, let's don't bring that out in front of the people. Let's don't have it exposed. My friends, let me tell you from deep personal experience in my own life, there were things that I was willing to deal with, but I'm just going to tell you what, what I hated. I did not hate the sin. I hated the exposure of it. That's an approval junkie. That's an image junkie. That's a, that is something full of pride because the good of man by its nature, not just individual people, but by its nature. That's why if you've let God slaughter it in you, with much grace and mercy, you will encourage others to let it be slaughtered in them. All right? So it's not real repentance. It's not the deep repentance that's gifted to you by the Holy Spirit himself when he comes. Because person after person has to speak whatever it may be. This is what it took in my life. I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience. But I'm telling you, in the house of God, because God loves his people, he's coming for his house, the house of David, he's done, I mean, the house of Saul, he's done, it's done. 
Last Wednesday night, Thursday morning, I literally felt tectonic plates move under my feet. It was so subtle, but so powerful. It was like, boom, shift, boom. And the Lord said, I'm done with the house of Saul. I'm going to the house of David. I'm building the house of David. I'm pitching the tent of my presence. I am going to have what I have provided for myself. Okay, so this is how I've been interceding. I've been getting messages from people all around the world whom I have the privilege of having influence with. And they don't know that I'm doing that. And I'm telling you what is happening in their own lives is so powerful because God is doing this. He's, he's moving them. We all need to move with him. Share this, my friends, with people. We've got to be moving. Now, eventually Samuel has to do the work. Samuel just has to, he has to slaughter them all. He has to take care of it. But... He is so grieved that the Lord has to speak to him in 1 Samuel 16, 1. And it says, the Lord said to Samuel, good morning, everybody. How long, Samuel, will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. You see, my friends, God is moving on, okay? God is long-suffering, and He has been long-suffering. But for many of us, we have required of God to have to enlarge our circle of exposure. We've, we've required of God because of that unbelievable resistance, our own narrative, our own lying, our own covering, our pride. But God comes to deliver His sons to himself and then he's gonna take what he's provided for himself and God, my friends, is he is building the house of David. It is an extravagant house of worship. It is an extravagant house of light and fire and purity, the slow fire of God, truly the intimate, intensive discipleship that begins to birth and build sons, not nice church going, Christians, you know, I heard somebody the other day, somebody asked him, a pastor, they asked this pastor, what's the, what are you looking most forward to when everything is over? And that person said, having people back in the seats at church while I'm preaching. Now, I know that person, I know what they meant, but oh, my heart was pierced. I'm like, oh, come on, come on. Surely we are emerging, right? Emerging with the, the, at least in our, in our scope, in our crosshairs, is the new wineskin, is the, the tent of his presence. It's not about how many people come and sit. Okay, that's not the mark of our success, my friends. How many people come and sit? The mark of my success is not how many people are on this live. The mark of my success is not how many people applaud me. The mark of my success is not how many people are, whatever. my friends, we're building a culture of discipleship, and that means God is the center. Discipleship, my friends, is, a, is one aspect of a flaming house that God is building, and He's doing it in us. We are those lively stones. It has to happen in us. And then He's pressing forward into the house of David. And this is what Samuel says to the Lord. When God says, how long are you going to keep mourning over what I'm done with? I am done. It's over. 
finished. No more house of good, house of flesh, house of self promotion, house of self preoccupation, house of self confidence, house of, house of self motivation. I'm done. I'm done with it. God says, I have always desired for myself a house of flaming fire, of intimacy with the lights full on. No more low lights, no more trying to produce an atmosphere. There's either going to be an atmosphere of his presence called the kingdom of heaven, or there's not. It's over and God is now going after it. But what did Samuel say to God? He said, how can I go? How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. Good always wants to kill life. My friends, this has been since the beginning. Cain and Abel, you can just look at it from everything. From, listen to me. The good of man. I'm talking first to the church. We got to let God deal with us. He loves us. He begins in the household of faith. He begins with us. That's why, my friends, we are going to be shot out like arrows on fire, and we are going to speak powerfully. We are not going to coddle sin. We are not going to say something different than what our Father says, but the grace and the mercy and the power of the cross that is going to be on messengers of that are on fire is going to be because that sword had to first come through us and then be shot out. Okay? I'm just telling you, judgment in its proper form is the cleansing weapon that God is bringing and he begins, judgment begins in us. Will we say what God says about our own flesh, our own goodness? Will we give up on it? Oh, my friends, my friends, this work, real time. This is real time engagement that we are in. Now, listen, do not forget it. Do not forget what Samuel said. When Saul hears about it, when the good hears about it, it's going to come after me. The Pharisees went after Jesus. That's the good in all of us, the Pharisee in all of us. All right. Because, hey, the good is working for me. How could you? I mean, look at how long I've worked, how hard I've plowed. Okay, like, really? Okay, all right? This is why I said that when the prophetic, as in the person of Nathan, when Nathan, uh, representing the prophetic, went to David, David bowed. My friends, there are Davids that get to decide right now, are you going to bow before God or are you going to bow up? I'm telling you, this is the time that God is working. So when Samuel said this to God, you'll notice God did not flinch. God did not say, now try to, you know, he just says, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do and you shall anoint for me. The house is shifting. The house is for the Lord. And it is going to be what God has desired. It is going to be a God-centered house. And I'm telling you, a company of jealous sons are about to arise. 
They are jealous for the father. They are jealous for his honor, jealous for his glory. They want him to be satisfied. These are true and trusted sons that only the Lord can produce. You notice that God did not tell Samuel how to go back and cater to the good. He simply continued to give Samuel the instructions for navigating the new. Oh, I'm telling you, if everybody else stays in their old, my friends, you have a responsibility to humbly move with God in the new. So this is what we have got to be aware of. And I am speaking this in real time for real time obedience on all of our parts that we do not miss the deep, deep ongoing transition. We are emerging. What have these days of seclusion been for? You can listen to the other Move On Mondays and my podcast and all that. I've been talking about that. What were those days of seclusion for? Those were days where it said that God was going to get us to get in Him, deeper in Him. Get in your place of abiding because He's about to bring the sword Okay, against Leviathan, the king of the children of pride. Okay, so I'm just telling you, I don't have time in this particular live to, to go through all of that, but please heed this warning of love and life. When you see a controlled collapse, God is bringing things down. He's giving us time. He speaks. He's, he's, he's giving us clarity. He's doing it. You better get inside him. He's your home. You can read the end of Isaiah 26 in the Message Bible and read the opening verses of Isaiah 27. You can see it, the prophetic going forth, the prophetic in its clarity, okay? The prophetic is not your fortune teller. The prophetic isn't, oh, I hope I get a word, I hope I get a word. My friends, there is a word and it is move with God in the time and the day of his movement. Let go, let the old collapse. It's a controlled collapse because God is done and he's moving and he's building us up now in him, with him. It is getting ready, my friends, to be what he has always wanted. And what did he say? He said, fill your horn with oil. The, I was speaking to a group in England on Friday and I talked to them about the clarity. We've got to get clarity on our partnership with Holy Spirit. Fill your horn with oil. Fresh oil comes from fresh crushing because when you go through this process, my friends, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not something simple. Okay, I mean, it, it is simple, but what goes on inside when you are walking off? If Samuel was grieved and got stuck, trust me, it's possible for all of us in our grief to get stuck because we keep thinking, oh, it could have been so awesome. No, 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 That it's time is done. Oh, it's going to be awesome, all right, because it's about to now go into the next, next phase, if you will, of building. This is what we've got to get in on. Nominal Christians, I'm calling you home. Backslidden Christians, I'm calling you home. Um, Self-made you know, made Christians, you know, you just have some kind of God and you live in America, so you think it's, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, I'm saying to you, you were made for him. He loves you. He's come for you. Come home to the Father. Come home. Get inside of him as deep as is possible. 
Begin to seek him. Do not, don't try to build your own form of Christianity. Let God build in you what he has provided for himself. You were made for him. And I am calling you near and far, whether you four houses down from me, all right, or if you are around the world, I'm saying to you, come home to him. Come home to the Father in these days. Let him love you. Let him build you. Let him begin to ignite you and invigorate you. This is our time because God is ready, my friends, for his people to come home to him. That why he birthed you, now he wants to build you. And that you let go of the old. Do not let your heritage, uh, physical or denominational or, you know, whatever it may be. Don't let those things, the good, don't let that still keep dictating, okay, to you or to your leadership or to whatever. I'm telling you, the new and the fresh, it is God, it, this is not my idea of how church should grow. I'm telling you what he told me. I'm done with the house of Saul. I have moved and I'm building the house of David. God's been prepping this for years. Do you understand? But then there comes that moment when we're at the tipping point. We're at the tipping point. And I will say that I believe that houses that were not built by a true word from God, they could collapse and never come back up. But those houses that were birthed by God, okay, those houses that God has plans for and we've gotten stuck and we've gotten comfortable in our man-made stuff, mm, uh-uh. Weeks ago, I even talked about with Abraham that Abraham, when he was coming back from war and he had all the people and all the spoils and all the animals and all the riches and everything that he'd gathered up, okay, in delivering, I believe it was in the context of delivering Lot, all right, from Sodom and Gomorrah, okay? And, any, and, and I could be wrong in the context of that because I'm bringing this up off the top of my head. But in that same time, the temptation is always to leadership is to keep the good, all of it. It's, this comes to every one of us, all right? And, it, and if our selfish ambitions and, and unresolved conflicts of bitterness and things have not been dealt with by the cross. I'm not talking about the latest healing fad that's flown down from whatever. I'm talking about the cross of Jesus is the only thing that will deal with all of this, okay? It's the only thing. It's the only thing, okay, that delivers fully and then delivers us to him. You can get healing from a lot of things. It don't bring you to the Father. It just makes you, you're now in your new, better version of you. Oh no, uh-uh, not gonna do. It's time for all of us to he heed this. So this is what happened with, with Abram, okay? Because it says that he was in the Valley of the Kings and that the King of Salem and the King of Sodom both came out. King of Salem is Melchizedek. It is Christ himself. King of Sodom, the devil himself. Whoop, big meeting in the valley. And it says that Melchizedek, Christ, offered to Abraham wine and bread, the true covenant, the true way. Hmm? Not what Abraham was going to do, not what Abraham was going to get out of it, but what it is that God had provided for himself. See the thread throughout. God has provided for himself. He doesn't need our man-made structures. He doesn't need our help. Oh, we get to be blessed enough to 
be in oneness with him and abide in him and share in what he's doing, oh, sure we do, okay? But it's not gonna originate from the synthetic man-made goodness. It's over. And this is what, when, the, when Melchizedek, Christ himself brings bread and wine and says, hey, I'm gonna be the sacrifice, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna let my body be broken and shed my blood for you, all right, okay? Then here comes the king of Sodom, and this is what he says to Abraham. You can see it in Genesis 14 and 15. He says, hey, Abraham, hey, you just keep all the stuff, but give me the people. And Abraham said, I would not take a shoelace from you. These are the kind of leaders I'm, I'm looking for. He said, I would not take a shoelace from you, lest it be said that you made me rich. I'm telling you, Abram wasn't having anything to do with it. He cuts the covenant eventually, of course. God cuts the covenant with Abraham. My friends, we are the true children of Abraham, not by physical heritage, by that covenant, because Abram said, I'm only gonna have and share in what God provides for himself. Same thing he says to Samuel. Same thing he's saying to us right now. My friends, and only the Holy Spirit by the flaming fire of his love inside of you and the power of the cross can show you what I'm talking about. And either you will say, Holy Spirit, whatever, all, what, let's do it, okay? Or you'll be like, hmm, you know, I'm not sure about that. I kind of like my good. You might even be feeling a little bit of fear and trepidation inside of you. Mm-hmm, that would be the flesh because when the flesh knows its funeral is about to happen, it starts back talking, back walking. Oh, well, you know, I'll just work harder. I'll do this. I'll do that. Does the same thing Saul did because Saul is a representative of it. It starts blaming other people. Well, you know, it was the people and it's this and it's that. And then when that didn't stop Samuel, okay, the voice of God from speaking, then he's like, well, yeah, you know, I know I did actually sin, but let's don't, let's don't expose that, okay? I'm telling you, my friends, it's done. God is done. And I want you to hear him and I want you to respond. That's your responsibility. You see, I'm not responsible for you, but I am responsible to you. I am responsible to pass on the same thing that God has done and is doing in me right now, today. And I'm just telling you, my friends, you not, you don't, you want to go with God because He does this in you. And as He reveals things, as the lights come on, let me tell you, it is powerful what God is able to do in you. He has provided a you for himself, the real you in Christ. He does not need your better version of yourself. He does not need your sad, pitiful version of yourself. He's provided himself, the real you in Christ. That's who you want to give to him, all right? And I'm just saying to you, God has provided a house for himself. He has a plan. He's always had a plan. From before the foundations of the world, he's still working his long-range plan right now in the middle of our temporary crises because there's going to be another one that's going to come along. Get ready, my friends. Get ready. Now, real-time engagement. The house of Saul is coming down. God is done with it because he's building the house of David, a flaming. And if you think 
There's going to be some cheap grace up in that house where you don't really have to work at church or do anything. My friends, we're going to be lit. We're getting ready to be on fire, slow, burning, 24-7. No one barn can hold the harvest that's going to come in once God can have it His way. God has planned a harvest for Himself, and it's not going to be based on your little sad efforts or my little sad efforts to do it. Telling you, the lights in the house are getting ready to be on. The prodigals and the lost will be able to find their way to the house of God because we are out and about. We are being sent out. It's not the seeding capacity, my friends. It's the sending capacity of a house. Going in and out, not just sending to other nations, like, like sending. We understand. We're here. This is happening. We are, listen, if I were to draw on a board for you the visions that I have had over the last two years between Poland and Sealy, Texas, and between Iowa and Sealy, Texas, and, and all of that, I'm just telling you. And what I know for a fact that God wants to do right out of the belly of Sealy, Texas. I know it. I am declaring it in all boldness and humility. If I, if I end up being wrong, then I will bow to God and say, please forgive me. But I know that I know that I know. But my friends, that doesn't happen just because somebody saw it. That doesn't happen just because we've spent the last 30 years laboring for it. It's now. Now he's shifting. Will we shift now or will we cling to all that we've been doing for the last 30 years, 20 years, five years, whatever? No, no, let God now come flaming in his presence. He's going to do it. Fill your horn with oil. And fresh oil comes from fresh crushing. He crushes within you. Now, friends, I didn't ever get drunk off of grapes. Or I would have stayed in the produce section walking around stealing them probably when I was a drunk. No, my friends, grapes have to get crushed. Olives have to be crushed. Do you understand? I'm telling you, a seed has to break open for what's in it has to happen. Ask Holy Spirit to get you ready so that you will recognize, recognize what he's doing. Stay with him on time obedience, real time obedience. Ooh, we need him, my friends, to guard us. And we need to stay with him so deeply. So that's enough for today. Think on these things, but don't tarry. Okay, I'm telling you, get with God, check it out in the Word, okay? But we are in a real-time moving of God right now. Stay with Him. I'm trusting you into His hands for what He is doing, all right? Love to hear from you. Go over and subscribe onto my YouTube channel, uh, Nancy McCrady. Love to see you guys subscribe there. Become a subscriber on Tent Talk Podcast, Tent Talk, the big tent of God's presence. Come on, let's get in these things. Let's get in where God is moving and speaking. Go to nancymccrady.com, check it all out. All of those things. Watch today. We are posting a premiere video of my conversation with my dear friend Magda in Poland about what it is to walk into the unknown 
all right, with God and the real-time work that he's doing. So I'll be on live chatting while the video is going. So if you can jump on today at noon, that would be awesome. All right, we got a lot of things going on because God is moving and we're going with him, okay? I love you all. Share this and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.